If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. If you can't get up, just keep your seats, okay? It's all right. Colossians 3, 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall also then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Father, help us to understand and know that this life is not all there is, that the greatest part is yet to come. But I pray that you'd help us to remain hidden in you, that we might show forth your love to those around about us. In Jesus' name, amen. The game, hide and seek. I love to play that even today. I mean, I played it when I was a youngin'. And uh, I remember there was about uh, four of us who got motorcycles back under when Honda hit Anderson, South Carolina. Uh, I went and got me a brand new 150. And uh, that set off about three or four more getting them. And on Sunday afternoon after we had went to church and eat our lunch, we played hide-and-go-seek on motorcycles. We'd all sit there in one spot. And uh, three of us would take off, and the other one had ten, would watch his watch. And ten minutes later, it was his job to come and find us. It was a lot of all afternoon looking for somebody uh, on a motorcycle. Hide and seek is older than anybody in this room. If you don't believe it, all you have to do is read in the book of Genesis where Adam hid himself from God, and God come looking for him. Hide and seek. Of course, God knew where he was, but uh, the Bible says he came looking for him, called for him. Adam was hiding. The scripture, the Bible says we are hidden in Christ and that we should seek him first. And then everything else, according to scripture, is going to fall in line. Uh, As a Christian, I want us to understand that Christ is our life. I mean, without him, hey, we can't be a Christian. Without him, our life is not going to be full as it needs to be. Without him, we don't know what to do. He is our shepherd. And because he's our shepherd, he will lead us if we will let him. Because he is our shepherd, he can speak through us. The language that needs to be spoken. Now, uh, this this position uh, we possess because of who Jesus is, hidden in Christ. Now, uh, I just want to share with you, uh, somebody might say, well, so what? Well, I want to share with you the advantages of being hidden in Christ, okay? Advantages. What, what good is it to be hidden in Christ? I want you to look at the scriptures now. Don't, don't close your book or, or shut your smartphone down. Just be there looking at it, all right? The advantages. First of all, the first advantage of being hidden in the Lord Jesus Christ is we understand the source of this life, okay? I didn't create me, all right? 
I didn't choose to be born. At the given time, I was born and placed into this world. It wasn't even my mom and daddy's decision, okay? Yeah, they had to do what you do, but, hey, due date, you know, even today with all these ultrasounds and, and all the stuff that you do and you have, they can't pinpoint it down to the seconds. Only God knows. And he puts that in motion. The Bible says he is the giver of life and he is the taker of life. And somebody said, well, what about suicide? I've told you this story before, but some of you may have never heard it. I had a man in, in, in Earl's Grove community who his sister was in our church, called me one night and said, would you please go to such and such place? My brother has just shot himself twice. I went. He's done it at the hospital, of course. Hooked up to everything imaginable. Shot himself twice with a 12-gauge shotgun in the chest. He did not die. You know why? It wasn't his time. But he had to suffer the consequences for the rest of his life. He couldn't do anything for himself. Now, he didn't live long, mark it down. But he suffered in that time. So, God is the giver. And God is the taker of life. If we so choose that we're going to take our own life, if it's God's will, okay. And I chatted with this young man who said, I'm done. I'm ready to leave this world. I said, how are you going to do it? He told me. I said, do you know where you're going? And he says, I haven't thought about that. I said, well, let me just tell you where you're going, one or two places. Well, praise God, he, he changed his heart. Um, excuse me, he changed his mind, God changed his heart, and he got involved and active in the church, became one of the deacons of the church, and visited and going on mission trips. One simple word, do you know where you are going if you so choose to take a short way out? Now, the source of this life is to be hidden in God, okay, in God. Um, it's a spiritual life. It's God's spirit intermingling, intertwined with our spirit, okay? And when, when the Lord comes into our life, it changes that old lost, ugly, hateful spirit into a saved, loving, healthy spirit. So the lives intertwine with each other. So it's a spiritual life. It's also a searching life, searching life. In Psalm 139, you don't have to turn there, 23 and 24 if you are writing, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. That's an invitation from us to God. Search me and know my heart. It says, try me and know my thoughts. The Bible says he knows our thoughts before we think them. And see if there be any wicked way in me. It's a searching life. God has the right to search our life. Okay? If we get arrested, hey, they're going to search us. Rightfully so. See what we got on us that maybe we shouldn't have on us. God has the right to search us and to pinpoint in our life what does not need to be there. We're talking about a source of the life, the, the spiritual, the searching, but also sometimes this life can be a secluded life. 
in 1 Kings 19.9, it says, Elijah feared for his life. He went and hid himself in a cave. And God sent an angel that spoke to him the word of God. Amazing. Simply amazing. You can't hide from God, so it's best to be hidden in God. You understand? Hidden in him. Hey, he's promised that no fear and no harm will come our way. All right, well, what about all these accidents? What about all this stuff, okay? It happens, but God is there. Our soul can't be touched, okay? Um, visiting a man this, this past week, not a member of this community, he's a member of another church. His family called, wanted me to go visit with him. Just had a few days to live, so I went. I talked with him. He said he was ready to go. We talked about the Lord Jesus and how he's unpaid the debt and how he's prepared us a place. And uh, I prayed with him, and I started to leave. I got to the door. I, could only, I only heard him whisper, would you come here, please? I went back to his bedside, got right down where he could talk in my ear. He said, would you do my service? I said, yes, sir, I will. He knows where he's going. He's hidden in Christ. His old body. And then he asked me a question. He said, what do you think about cremation? I said, I have no problem with it. I said, this, this house that you're living in here is an old house. I said, one day somebody is going to tear it down. There won't be nobody living here. They're going to tear it down. I said, your body is an old house. And when you leave this world, you're going to move out of the old house and it won't be any count to anybody. So no, sir, I don't have a problem with cremation. Comfort. People need to know, hey, if I'm in Christ, what's ahead? What can I expect? Would you help me? You know, what, what kind of person would anybody be? So, oh, I don't want to get involved in that. Well, we're already involved. If we're a child of God and we're dealing with a child of God, that is either my brother or my sister in the Lord. Okay? Hidden in God is important. The source is, is the fountainhead of the fullness of God. And God, listen, he, He's in, in charge. It don't matter if what comes, what goes. As I shared this morning, I watched the sun as we rolled around. And uh, night full last, and looking up at the moon, I, I was trying to see the dark side. Because I thought, wait, hey, the, the dark side, and then and the sun shining, and it reflecting just that half side. And I thought I couldn't help but think of Africa, because hey, at night after our uh, devotional time at night there in Africa, listen, there was no lights on, and when you came out of that little worship center, they had about a twenty watt bulb burning two of them. I mean, you stepped out in total, total darkness, and you talking about an, an array of stars. And the moon, I mean, it was, I don't even have words to describe it. Total darkness on a full moonlit night with the sky lined with stars. And I'm thinking, man, that's the same stars I see at home. That's the same moon I see at home. And I'm halfway around the world. And then now when I look up, I'm thinking, hey, they're seeing the same thing that we see. It's a big world. That we live in. 
advantages. Well, not only the source of life, but another advantage of, be, of being hidden in Christ is the security of this life. Recently, we've had, uh, we've had a good friend had her gator stole right out of her carport while she slept inside the house. No clue where it is. Haven't found it yet. Another friend just a few days later had a car stolen right out of the yard while they slept. Brave. I mean, and we put in all kind of security measures. All kind. I told Lynn this evening, I said, it's just a matter of time before somebody figures out when we are gone and the gate won't stop them. They can go in, they can help themselves, and nobody will ever even know they're there. And more likely when they leave, nobody will pay it any attention. Now, our security in this life, I'm so thankful tonight, I'm securing Christ to know that the devil can't have my soul. Now, he can make havoc of this body, okay? He can cause my eyes to look at things I ought to not look at. He can cause my mouth and tongue to speak things I ought to not speak. He can cause these members to do things they ought not do, but he cannot touch my soul. I am secure in the Lord Jesus, okay? The only thing that's going to go to heaven with this outfit is my soul anyway. Everything else is going to be just buried or burned up, whichever the choice is. Now, in being secure in Christ, look at verse 3 again. Set your affection. In other words, set your love. Set your attention on things above, not on things on the earth. It says, lay not up treasures uh, here on earth where moths had come in and eat it up and, and it rust away or thieves break in and, and steal, but lay up treasures for yourself in heaven. And I'm thinking, well, how do you do that? You can't put it in an envelope and, and address it to heaven? No. What we give of our life, we give of our resources. And it's not how much we give, y'all. It's not what we give. It's our heart's condition spiritually when we give it. And some people say, well, I, I can't give no more like I used to. Well, give something. Give something. God acknowledges anything that is given from a heart of love. Okay? And I, I, want, to, I want you to understand, I want you to get built up. To, I mean, I'm excited about August the 9th of what's going to come in as a result of all the things that's being done to raise the funds it's going to take to do the job. And I don't want you to hold back. I want us, us. I didn't say y'all. I don't want us to hold back. I want us to give sacrificially, not only of our funds, but of our time. I mean, Scott's been talking and talking, talking about sweat equity. Well, I know what sweat is. I don't know what equity is, but I can, I can pull the sweat out, that's for sure. And I'm willing. I mean, I, I, I'm securing Christ. What I have is his. This is his body. And what he does with it is his business. If he wants to give me the knowledge and the strength to do a job, I am ready. I am willing to do it. Because of what it says in uh, verse 3. Um, where did it go? Uh, excuse me. Set your affection. Verse 2. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And hey, we have a lot of positions, and the thief knows it. 
So he comes for it. Same way with, with John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll steal your blessings, kill your joy, and destroy your testimony for Jesus. He'll do it. He'll take it right away from us and us standing there. The security in the, uh, uh, of, of, of this life, we, we see a decision uh, there in, in verse 3. For we are dead, and your life is hidden in Christ. Dead? Hey, man, I'm alive physically. Yes, you are. Dead? In Christ, die to the old life. I no longer do and go and say what I used to do and go and say, okay? And so, you see, the decision is Christ chose us and we chose him. He chose us first. He gives us an opportunity to accept him and come and follow him. He told his disciples as he called them, come and follow me. Then he said, come, take up your cross every day and follow me. You know, we don't never know what that cross is until it's laid before us. It might be a needy person. It might be a needy family. It might be a needy situation. It might entail me going and speaking or going and sharing or going and, and presiding over something. Take up your cross, he says, every day and come and follow me. It's a decision. It's not only a decision as we see Christ chose us and we chose him, but it's also a defense. We're safe in Jesus. He said, I'll never leave you and neither will I forsake you. That's a good promise, y'all. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm going to be there with you. It's like I see a daddy holding a little child's hand and they're not afraid. They're going wherever the daddy leads them. They're holding their hand. God wants to do that. He wants to hold our hand. Jesus wants to be right there with us. It's a decision. It's a defense. But it's also a demonstration. If you're writing John 10, 28 and 29, here's what it says. And I give unto them eternal life. I give it. It doesn't cost anything. I've already paid the price. You just go down and collect it. I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Listen to what it says. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And a man one time told me, said, I agree with that, but you can take yourself out of God's hand. I said, no, sir, you can't. You can quit serving him if you want to. I could have disrespected my daddy when he was alive if I wanted to. I could have talked back to him if I wanted to, but it would not discount one cent worth that he was my daddy and I was his son. Jesus said, all that the Father hath given me, I have not lost a one. You can't take yourself out of God's hands once you have, with all your heart, soul, and mind, put yourself in his hands. You can quit serving him, but he says, I will wear you out. I chasten every son whom I love. And God so loved the world, that's everybody, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. No telling how many hundreds of people right here in West Venister right now has withdrew themselves from the church. They have withdrew themselves from Christ. They have withdrew themselves into a nutshell and they think it's okay. Well, if they are a true born-again child of God, 
God will get around to whipping and wearing us out. It's a demonstration. Our, our life in Christ is as secure as the Son of God is himself. He's on the right hand, according to this scripture right here. People say, where, where, where is Jesus? Well, verse 1 says, if you be risen in Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth. And there he says, where he is? On the right hand of God. Okay, let me give you a third thing right quick. It's all about advantages here, the source and security. But how about the secret? The secret of this life, the secret of victorious living is to trust the one who paid it all for you and for me. Trust the one who paid the bill. Trust the one who has bought us out. We see a partnership in verse 1. Verse 1, the first line of of Scripture says, with Christ. That's a partnership. With Christ. I'm in business with Christ, okay? The second thing there, we see a package. That same verse of Scripture, if you read on down there, simply says, seek those things. Seek those things. That's a package that he gives us. Now, what are those things? I'm going to tell you right quick. It's the will of God. Find that will. It's the way of God. It's the work of God. It's the will, the way, and the work. Of God. And I love, I love to see it when I see it happening in my life and other Christians' lives. Seeking His will, following His way, and just falling head first into His work. Well, it's a partnership, it's a package, but let me tell you, it's also a power. We see the position of Christ on the right hand of God the Father. Jesus don't say, well, I'm going to get up this morning and see if I can find my Father and talk to him for you and I'll get back with you. Uh Uh-uh. He's sitting on the right-hand side. He hears every prayer that every child of God prays. The only prayer he does not hear and the only prayers he does not hear is if we harbor sin in our life. The Bible says if we harbor sin in our life, he's not going to hear what his children are having to say. So we don't need to have sin in our life. We need to ask God to forgive us of our sins and fix it to where when we call upon him, hey, it's right there. In an instant, we hear from him. Listen, there is not going to be any demands made on us that the demands through Christ cannot be met. He's already been there and done that. Three questions and I'm finished. Understand, or do you understand that he feels everything we do? Do you understand? He feels everything we do. He does. He knows our hurts. Whether it's physical hurts or somebody saying something maybe they shouldn't have said. He understands and knows all that. A second question. uh, Are you, am I, are you, am I? Hidden in Jesus? Question is, are you, am I saved? You've got to answer that within your own heart and mind. It can't be I hope so. Or, or maybe so. Or, you know, when I was a child, I, I'd done this and, and I hope it was right. No. You need to know so. Know that I have asked the Lord to forgive me of my sins. Know that I have invited him into my heart. And know that I have doing my best to follow him in spite of who the devil is. 
The third thing is, are you telling others about it? That's the thing. Are you telling others about it? Our youngest son with Eastern Industrial Supply. He was working out of the Anderson office, had a real good clientele of customers, being paid by how much he sold. They came to him one day and said, in about a month, you're not going to like what's going to happen. But said, we're asking you to hang in there. And that's all was said. About a month later, they called him back in the office and said, we're terminating your job. We're moving you to the Greenville office and you will lose all the customers that you have built up. You'll be starting all over. Well, Caleb's a kind. I mean, he is not going to be defeated. And so he got in there and he gave it all he had. And I praise God for his life, his walk with Christ. For three years running now, he's been with that Greenville office and he's number one salesman. Three years running. They're jealous. I bought some pipe from a competitor because I could get it cheaper. The guy who loaded up the stuff, he said, if I could just get your boy to come to work for us. <laughs> I said, you'll have to talk to him. What if, if, what if it was that away with us? We may lose everything, but we can't lose our salvation. I mean, that's set in stone, buddy. That's set on the cross. Three nails done the job. All the blood in the world that was shed. How much was shed just for me? One drop would have done the job. But Jesus gave it all. Father, thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for the opportunity to be back tonight. Father, thank you for those who have come back this Sunday evening. Bless them. Bless, uh, bless their efforts tonight, Lord. Give them a good evening, a good night's rest. Bless them for all of us who have public work to do. Lord, bless those as they go to their jobs tomorrow. Give them strength and wisdom and knowledge uh, to do their job. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for all you do for us, Lord, because we ask all this in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen.